Hey, thanks for watching Creative Muse. I'm Myra. My name is Kale, and this is our guest, Lou. Lou, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Super exciting. Glad to be here. Where are we today? Uh, we're in uh, the studio, Thurman Studio. Uh, kind of been helping them out, working with them. Hell yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a very creative spot to be. I feel very privileged to be here. Absolutely. Every day. Thurman Statum, the sculpture artist, for those of you who do not know, he does glass sculpture, which you can see behind us. Um, very awesome place to be. It's just like a big warehouse near downtown Omaha. So hell yeah, it's awesome to be yeah. here. So if you kind of want to get started and let us know maybe what happened with your eye patch and what's going on oh, there. Yeah, yeah, we might as I, well uh, get started there. I just had an incident. I, I work with a lot of different materials and I'm always running around. I just, uh, I got a red eye and then the doctor told me to just rest it. So I put a patch on. It's going to be pop the vessel. So I think in about a month mm. of okay. healing. Wow. But you're still working. That's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one thing that I did notice is that I'm kind of embracing it. Yeah. At this point, I, I want to see what life is like if I actually lost this eye. And I could tell that life is becoming harder. Definitely. I know it you just, said something about, like, accepting your deficiencies essentially yes i, I so. think that it's a especially if you really want to create something pure and genuine you have to embrace your shadow you have to embrace your deficiencies you have to work with what you have yeah not all of us could not all of us are born perfect so and that's not necessarily a bad thing right uh the fact that my eyes temporarily out of service right now could impact yeah art that i create just simply because i don't have that reliability or that i don't rely on my two eyes right now yeah yeah so in a way i i kind of is embracing the downfalls of your life it's almost like putting a new challenge to yourself and having that open mind to that if something good could come out of something bad yeah definitely and i know that you did also mention like when something like this happens, it gives you a new perspective, right? Yes. So you're, I guess you want to explain how you said it? Yeah, and uh, one thing that I kind of acknowledge is that sometimes we get so sidetracked, our ambitions mm -hmm. get us so sidetracked on our physical form that we forget that we're a, almost like a, a temple where our body is our tool. And sometimes it's necessary for these things to happen to bring us back down and say, no, we got to take care of ourselves. And oh, absolutely. Sometimes we become too ambitious on what we're doing that we forget to eat right or to put the right protection on. Yeah. And with that said, it just this is allowing me to value my body a little more because it's not permanent and it's mm -hmm. not always going to be there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think it ties into self-discipline probably a little too. And that you could look at that from multiple different angles. I think one of the things I've started to kind of investigate a little bit more and I want to do a lot more research on it is things like martial arts, uh, things like yoga, um, mm -hmm. but just practicing that mindfulness, but then also letting that translate into your body. I know like with Reiki, mm -hmm. you could definitely talk about that, Myra, of the, the mindfulness of your different chakras and Are you familiar with what Reiki is? Yes, yes. Okay, so Very yeah, cool. I started practicing Reiki, and um, I actually got to practice on Kale, so you're open to, you're oh, welcome nice. to let me practice on you. So yeah, it's just like realigning those different parts of your body and different energies of your that make up your physical body, but they're always tied into your spiritual body 
or to your emotional body. So a lot of times you'll feel like like you're having a hard time with like an itchy throat or sore throat and that might indicate that you're having a hard time communicating something you've been needing to communicate. I think that a lot of us, we don't see the, the, the connectivity between the outside mm -hmm. world and the inside of us. It's mm, all absolutely. Re relative. And the way that we feel inside definitely alternates how we see the world outside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how we see the world outside definitely affects the way we feel inside. Yeah. So if you could really put a, a deep bridge between the two and realize that one without the other doesn't exist. Yeah. It makes you more uh, intimate with yourself and with your surroundings. Yeah. yeah and sometimes definitely. we just let our senses like take over. And so then we forget to reflect what what's inside of us, you know, because we we're actually being told and taught since we're little to look at and feel things from the outside instead of from the inside out. Yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot with hunger recently mm. because I'll feel hungry, mm -hmm. but then I'll kind of think to myself, okay, but am I actually hungry? Because I think there is a difference between craving and wanting something, right? And then actually needing something. Mm -hmm. So I've been, uh, one of the things that I, I want to try to get into is uh, veganism. And okay. so trying to transition from a meat diet to, to a plant-based diet, and I can tell that there's going to be resistance. Like I know that my body is going to be like, or at least maybe not as much my body, but more so my mind is going to say, oh, I really want this thing or I really want that thing. And one of the big things is sugar. Like I cut out sugar a while back and I right now there's like one thing that I eat or maybe a couple different things that have sugar in them. And I can tell when it's the craving because my body is saying, hey, you want this thing specifically. Yeah. Like you want to eat this. Um, you know, as opposed to just, I'm hungry, I need something to keep me going. Mm -hmm. Um, because in that case, you know, I could eat just about anything. So I've kind of started substituting saying, okay, when I get that craving for that thing that I've already eaten enough of today, um, I'm going to go eat something else and see if, if I'm still hungry. Like, cause if I am, then it's probably just a craving. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I agree with that. And I, I like to, I like to continue with that with the idea that I've been trying to embrace my pain and mm. I, I noticed that all my life anytime that i felt pain my instant reaction was to get away from it yeah and i forgot one of the main things with pain is that it's there for a reason and it's trying to alert you about something and instead of just automatically trying to get away from it because it's not something you, you're it's not a pleasant feeling mm -hmm. i want to start taking my time to really understand what is the pain that i'm and mm -hmm. not necessarily am i talking in just regards to physical pain, but also emotional pain. Yeah. To really be able to sit there and experience it to see why the pain is there. And it's, it's to me, it's almost a, an act of bravery because n we don't like to see our shadows. We don't like yeah. to see yeah. what hurts us, Definitely. our delicate side. And it takes yep. courage to talk about those things, you know, to actually, yep. it's one thing to reflect on it for yourself, but it takes courage to talk to someone that you care about and mm -hmm. actually reflect on it out loud. Because if you don't speak it out loud, then those thoughts are just going to go away and those feelings are going to remain. Right. Well, and it's impossible for anybody to know your perception. Exactly. I mean, you really, the only way for that to ever happen is for you to be honest and open about it and be able to share it. So I think this kind of goes into what I think we were talking about a little bit before we started filming too. And it's just that there is a certain way that we were raised to believe and raised mm -hmm. to think. And now that we're older, we've kind of gotten to this point where we're starting 
to be able to question those things a little more and say like the pain thing I think is awesome because I've been thinking about that a lot recently as well um, is okay. Why, why am I feeling this pain? Not how do I get rid of it? Because you know, if, if I just go to that every single time, I'm never going to fix the underlying problem. You're never going to understand why what's causing that pain. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, not necessarily just physical pain. I think in a lot of cases, this is emotional pain. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm depressed, why am I depressed? Like, what put me in this mind, mind state and how can I get myself out of it? Um, rather than saying, oh, I feel depressed. I'm going to go eat a bunch of chocolate or I'm going to go do X or, you know, whatever it is. I'm going to go smoke a bunch or I'm going to go, you know, whatever it well, is. One thing, while we're in this topic, one thing that I've been kind of learning recently is that if you really kind of become more aware of your pain and pleasure mechanism, you realize that it's not necessarily, it's not just a, like a reward. It's, it's more like a, like a radar. Mm-hmm. The amount of pleasure that you seek or the pleasures that you seek really tell you where your soul is heading to. Mm. And by soul, I mean your energy, the energy that keeps you alive. So if you really are aware of what's causing your pleasures and what's causing your pain, then you could really reprogram it to find the values that you really want out of life. Yeah. And and by that, there's this. You could just why am I why do I seek pleasure on stimulants or why am i seeking pleasure in uh instant gratification yeah asking all those questions is really gonna it might be the the issue that you're sacrificing uh a long-term a long-term goal because you're constantly seeking instant gratification and you right. don't have the room for that long-term achievement but by sacrificing instant gratification you realize that there could be a bigger reward at the end of the day yeah. It kind of gets me worried for like our future generation because right now with the phones and everything, like people are just instant gratification is something that's taught from an early age. You know, mm -hmm. I Definitely. see that with like kids from my family and, and they just expect things versus like learning how to actually become aware of, of the things that they have mm -hmm. and being aware of like what they don't have. And they just kind of don't learn that perspective, you know? So right. it's kind of difficult, but yeah, there's kind of like a uh, a thought process of more, 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 yeah. always, right? And we and you're right. We don't think about okay, what do I already have? Like storage facilities is something that Lou and I have talked about a lot. Is like when we see a new storage facility go up, it kind of breaks your heart a little bit because you're like, oh, so people didn't have enough room mm. for all the stuff that they had, and so now they have to have a place where they're gonna put it where they're not even going to be thinking about it, where yeah. it's just sitting there. And uh, it's just, you know, it's unfortunate. I know I, I kind of talked with my parents and my grandparents about it a little bit too. And I think they were, my dad, it was my dad. He had made the point of, well, you know, sometimes people have seasonal stuff and they put it away or whatever. But I guess my thought process is, well, maybe you just shouldn't have that much stuff because if you didn't have as much stuff, you probably would be able to find room to yeah. store it. Moving into an apartment from a house definitely taught me that. Like that... That was huge for me because one thing that I've yeah. And speaking of that, I've always been conscious of the all the stuff that I have, and I'm a procrastinator and I don't like responsibility. But that alone has given me the privilege to not own a lot of things mm. because I feel like everything that I become ownership of, I have to be responsible for. 
Well, and I, I think you probably just like to have the most responsibility for the things that you really care yes, about. Yes, yes. Like you actually want to show that you really care about the things yeah, well, that you care about. I want to give room to the things that really matter. I don't want to be thinking about my furniture. I don't want to be thinking about what's going to, I need this new thing. I, yeah. What I want to do is liberate my mind so I could actually become more creative. Well, you're more free that way, mm -hmm. ultimately. And that's kind of what I like brought up for like this year, 2020. But to be more conscious about the things that I'm purchasing, the things that I'm bringing into my home and the amount of waste that I'm like putting out in the world, you know? Absolutely. So. That's smart. That's great. It is smart. Yeah. I know I want to get rid of a bunch of the clothes that I have. Yeah. Because it's like, I can't, I, I'm not even wearing them now. Like, I, I haven't worn this shirt for a while. This is a new shirt, but um, I've been wearing the same probably like, I don't know, five to 10 shirts for the past. Yeah who knows how long like probably yeah. months maybe you could at this learn point. to repurpose too though. yeah that's yeah, true there are going to be people that need them or whatever yeah. and sometimes it's it's really like you just need to throw it away it's time you know yeah like there's holes or whatever you know that's true but, yeah i think it'd be cool to get into the repurposing though like yeah. you said like being able to make clothing or whatever from old stuff because you can patch stuff together you can make stuff that people are like wow i never even would have thought of that that's a new creative way to express your creativity too you know yeah. something that you're not used to and that's a new practice that we got to start incorporating because i like to think that a lot of us are getting to uh, are getting a custom of oh it breaks throw it away yeah mm -hmm. but we never realized that that material could be used for something else yeah more than oh it doesn't that vcr doesn't work then it's junk no there's plenty of components in there that we could utilize for something different yep and we're not taking that time to actually consider those facts we just say no we just need to replace it right and even if it's not us mm -hmm. that's going to be doing the repurposing like you there might be somebody you know of or there might be somebody yeah. within your network somewhere mm -hmm. like i know there's this one guy that i know who used to work at apple works at linkedin now i think and he uh rebuilds uh, different electronics. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to reach out to him now and be like, okay, could you fix this? Is this mm -hmm. something you could fix? And then if he can, like, if it's something I don't need and it can either go to him or go to somebody else, like by all means. And yeah. then, and then people are actually getting some more longevity out of that rather than like you're saying, go buy, just go buy a new one. Like yeah. toasters, I think are a huge, you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of those like small appliances that's like, man, when I moved, I just bought a new toaster because they're like, they're so cheap. But those mm -hmm. are things that are hard to actually recycle. Like, true. Like where I work, we recycle electronics, but sometimes like things that have had food in them, mm. there it's like a whole new category and it's harder to actually um, dispose of it or repurpose them. That's so true. I think coming up with like better technology to be able to repurpose these things is key and, and maybe it, avoiding technology that isn't repurposable exactly that's yeah. kind of yeah. it also yeah. with our mental if we start thinking about repurposing and then we can start redesigning our products to be repurposed yeah yeah and it starts with all right our our idea that we don't want to keep wasting something yeah yeah so the consumer has a lot of power by requesting that hey yes i understand that it's convenient but i also have a conscience to know that i don't need to be affecting yeah. the world yeah that's true that's something i think being globally minded is huge for our generation too. And I think we're definitely realizing it more and more, you know, when we see things like climate change and just how much the world is changing, whether or not we have an impact in that. And I think we do at least to, you know, some extent, um, it, it is taking responsibility for that. Um, you know, one of the things that 
I, I worry about, I know I, the painting I have from you is Mother Earth. Yeah. And, and I think that's fitting because I've started really thinking about that. And I think, you know, Earth is kind of figuring out that that we're we're almost like a parasite in some cases mm-hmm. and that it's it's probably going to exterminate us in some way. I mean, we've been seeing a lot of more storms. Um, there's chances of like sea levels rising and stuff like that. You know, like Venice is underwater now and who yeah. knows what's going to happen with New York City, one of the biggest cities in, in the world. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's definitely something we could talk about as well. Yeah, I like to think that we don't give enough credit to Mother Earth as a conscious entity. Yeah. I like to think right. that it's just uh, like our home, that it has no spirit. But in, I think that it's a living organism. Yeah. Its own. And Me too. I think that we're part of it, just like cells are part of our body. Yeah. Yeah. And the more connectivity we have with it, I think that not only do we direct our path at a better angle, but it helps us be more content with ourselves. Yeah. Because... I like to think that there's an emptiness in all of us because we're not really directed the right way. Mm-hmm. And then we're all constantly searching for that void. And I don't think that it's we're going to find it by pursuing monetary ambition. No. If anything, we have to trace back and reprogram our values. Yeah. To really become one with, the, with this world. Yeah. And maybe that's where we could talk about what you were talking about earlier with sharing. Because I, I love that philosophy, and I think you opened my eyes to that more than anybody. That painting that I was just talking about, that Mother Earth, you gave it to me. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, it broke down a lot of things for me, because at the time, I was definitely in this mindset of, I, I, I kept thinking to myself, man, Lou, you shouldn't be just giving these things to people because they're so you know beautiful, or they took you a lot of time, or they cost you money, or whatever. But w- when you did that to me, it definitely made me think, man, I should be doing that. I should be finding things in my life. And some of those things might be important to me. Mm-hmm. But being able to give something to somebody that you care about is, I think, one of the most impactful ways that we can change ha- the way that we do things you know, today. I think you know, money, definitely, we kind of talked about how that diminishes over time. And yeah. eventually, somebody ends up with all the coins. At the end of the day, someone is always going to end up with the coins. And the only way that we retain that from happening too fast and having our collapse of our, of our civilization is by sharing, by mm-hmm. utilizing each other, by being able to take what we have or what we build or the accomplishment that we have and being able to share with the rest. Yeah. And we could go far as individuals, but how much further do we go as a unit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not until we all become aware of the power of that, we won't be able to, to right. access it. And have you thought of, or do you already have any projects or pieces that you've used, like recycled materials, or are most of them that way? Or Yeah, um, when it comes to art, you're always repurposing. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's, it's very inconvenient to just go buy new. Mm. And the reason why that is because things that, are, things that have been around for a while that develop a character to themselves. Time is marked in a lot of the wood, for example, you could get a piece of furniture and look at it and you could really mark time by the just by looking at it because the world's constantly changing yeah and the wood that we had in the 50s is not the same as now so a lot of artists have started to realize that they could get more appeal to their their art becomes more aesthetic when they use things that remind people of other purposes mm-hmm. i have a friend that's taking old furniture and making canvases with them but he leaves enough detail where you know that was part of a chair you know that was part of a 
off of Doorframe. Yeah. And not only do you get the the beauty of the, his art piece, but you also get a trace back in history that that was mm-hmm. that belonged to that was a part of someone else's life. Yeah. And it it played a huge effect on it, and now it's now it's here. And it's an artifact. Had, yeah, that thing had its own life, and yeah. you know, you kind of re. And I find that, that I find that it's almost like a storytelling by that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you almost want to investigate where all these parts came up. Right. Whereas uh, by just buying new, it's it, it takes away that that idea that long that long. I, I like to think that I come from somewhere that I just didn't come out of the blue, and mm-hmm. so I like to think that the art had that history uh, also. That yeah. It became that because of the different things that were happening. That just inspired two thoughts for me. One was I know Bart Vargas mm-hmm. is somebody that you really looked up yep. look up to, and he repurposes a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I followed him on Instagram. One, he's really funny. He's an awesome man. Yeah, yeah. he's just a funny guy. But then, um, yeah, his art is really cool, and I know he was working on something with a bunch of plastic bottles mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But then the other thing you made me think of is uh, in movies. I love movies that you'll watch the movie, and then they'll bring up like a book, or they'll bring up a song or just whatever it is. Like a lot of my playlists recently I've been making based off of movies that I've been watching Mm -hmm. because I'll hear a song and I'll be like, oh, that's a really good song. I'm going to put it on this playlist. Or I'll hear about a book from a movie and I'll go, oh, I should look into that. Or I'll look up characters' names sometimes because sometimes it's just hidden in the names of characters. And you're like, oh, this was they were actually named after this, you know, famous philosopher or scientist or whatever it is. I really like the the idea of taking other stuff and making something different with it yeah and it really helps that art i feel like it really helps everyone because we're so used to seeing products act one particular way like this is a box and it stores things yeah but when someone takes that box and makes it into a table then it kind of makes you realize that why can't we do that with other stuff yeah you know and it and the reason why I'm so romanticized with that idea is because I like to think that I don't just serve one purpose, that right. I could become purposeful in all kinds of ways. Yeah. That's beautiful, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it is. That, that is, it's interesting that you say that because that was another thing that came up in my conversation with my dad is we were kind of talking about how having a limited perspective about people too is not i mean it's very closed-minded because people have many different purposes and many different uses Mm -hmm. and i think honestly that probably helps us live longer Mm -hmm. is when you know instead of saying oh i have one determined job that i'm going to do for the rest of my life i mean we just know the world isn't like that really but it's also like vice versa sometimes people are wanting to do everything you can't do everything you know you have Mm -hmm. to dedicate yourself to one thing and kind of master it and then you can move on or right. develop into a new thing so i think it is kind of that balance yeah. too i definitely think myself like i try to do too many things at once sometimes and so right figuring out time mm-hmm. is huge if you can say okay here's this one thing this is probably the most viable idea like right now my most viable idea is this podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> and so doing this podcast and be able to sit down with creative professionals and get these ideas out is huge but i have a million other ideas you yeah. know i have a million other things i want to do they're just not as viable so i need to organize it and i think that's that's probably the biggest balancing act of that whole process yeah yeah i agree with that 
Hey Lou, do you want to talk a little bit about your work, what you do, and yeah. your style? Well, I could. I like to elaborate a little bit on my history, especially because we're talking about purpose. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really start. I didn't really know that I was going to become an artist till later on in life. I actually, I was searching for security, and I. It was really. It was something that I had growing up my parents made it clear that security was what I needed to search. But when I went to college for construction management and I ended up going in my career, I realized that nothing is secure in this life, huh. that everything's a matter of chance. And if I was going to gamble on this chance, I might as well do what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I decided to completely get away from my career and start creating. And the reason why I started creating was simply because I could buy my identity through a job or I could search deep inside of me and express it out. And to me, that's a more genuine way of defining yeah. who I am as an individual. I know that we all like to show the world our individuality because we want to we want to show who we are. Mm -hmm. And some of us do it through our performance. Some of us do it through our expressions. Some of us buy our identity. Yeah. But I can conscious that I was going to cut the middleman out instead of working for someone I didn't like to give me a check so I could go buy my identity. I was just going to go create it. Yeah. And it became simpler to me. And that's, that's the fuel of my career and lifestyle is mm -hmm. to constantly find new ways to show the world the beauty. Right. Through myself. If I could show the world that beauty comes out of me, then I could, sh then I could show them the beauty come out of them too. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. that. That's that's really beautiful. Well, and I think that that is the beauty of being a creative and and being able to create things because you're not just taking things for granted. You're saying you're saying, "Okay, but what are the actual answers to these questions I have?" Mm -hmm. And so that's that's huge. And I think that it's it's not just something that it's a duty that we all have to do to really get to know ourselves. Mm -hmm. to really take time and really identify who am I and and not necessarily just your your highlights but also your deficiencies mm. how am I human yeah what mistakes do I make and right. it's hard to stare at those but once you embrace yourself truly you really could start climbing forward mm -hmm. in a progressive way absolutely well and that takes a lot of honesty ultimately, mm -hmm. I think, and, and being honest with yourself and being honest with other people. Um, one of the things I've been doing more, more and more now is just not ever really lying. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, even if that's a hard truth to tell, I'd much rather people know who I actually am than think I am something else. Mm -hmm. uh, so. I agree. Hell yeah. Well, Lou, you've always been a huge inspiration to me. Um, you. Yeah, your work. I love you, man. Yeah, I love, I you, love you too, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, I know we're going to be creating a lot more yes. great things uh, together in the future um is there anything else you want to talk about uh as far as like your music or uh, uh your painting or no just uh in the last note i just want to tell everyone that not just creative people need to create we all need to create yeah we all need to take our time to really bring something out of ourselves to show the rest of the world even if it's something that we don't want to see it's necessary it's a health just like we we want to exercise to make ourselves healthier creativity is it's an exercise that makes the mind healthier too yeah 
Hell yeah. Awesome. That's a good place to wrap up. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next time Shout on Creative out, Jorge. News. Shout out, Jorge. Yeah.